exploring the faith, life, and sport of Christians in sport. This is FLS. Here's your host, Brea Burrell. Hey, welcome along to the FLS podcast. This is where we love catching up with past and present Christians in sport about their faith, life, and sport. In today's episode, we're heading to the beach and hearing about the Christian Surface Ministry, which was started in a lounge room in Cronulla in southern Sydney. My guest today on FLS is Christian Surface founder, Brett Davis. Hey, thanks, Graham. Great to be here. Now, uh, here on our episodes, we love chatting with our guests about their life, faith and sport. Firstly, yeah. can we ask you, Brett, uh, where did your love of surfing come from? Well, um, love of surfing, i got to be really honest and say, I think it was about making myself more popular. <laughs> um, Realising when I was in year eight at high school up in Sydney at Kirrawee, I probably had the worst reputation a guy could have had. I was in all the top classes, good kid, was attending a church, and uh, that was probably, I realise, a very uncool image. But the coolest people at school were the surfers. So I've got to be really honest and say, I think popularity to be a surfer was uh, one of my initial motivations for surfing. And with that, and we love hearing from our guests about their faith, obviously you said you were obviously at church at the time. Was church a thing that you did with your family? No, not at all. I don't come from a Christian family, uh, but there was a, a guy who was running a, a boys club at a Baptist church, a guy near, and uh, took me along in my later primary school and I was fascinated with this club and I finally made my way into a Sunday school group but it wasn't part of my family upbringing at all and when surfing came along church went I didn't think those two worlds could combine. Now can you share please more about your story and how you came to faith Brett? Yeah for sure um so definitely I made a deal with God when surfing came, he had to go. And I made a deal with God that when I was old and about to die, you know, like in your 60s or something, uh, I would get serious about this God stuff and come back then. But right now I was going surfing. I was, you know, 14 years old, 13, 14 years old in the prime of life and surfing was going to be the thing that I was going to define myself with. And I was surprised in... Um, Year 11 at high school, I met my first Christian who was a surfer. And I didn't think those two worlds could possibly combine. It's the 70s. Surfing was very countercultural. And the world of surfing and the world of Christianities were worlds apart. And so meeting a friend who was a Christian a surfer had a profound impact on me. And after getting to know him and uh, understanding you could actually be a Christian and still be a surfer as well, that opened the door for me and he finally conned me into going to church by telling me two things I didn't believe were true. One was there are good-looking girls there and the second one was the minister said you could leave your board there and you didn't have to carry it on the train. So I went along to the Uniting Church at Cronulla but I got a third surprise which was I heard this good news of Jesus all over again and was convicted I needed to do something about that and said yes to him as a 16-year-old way back in 1976. So then with that, Brett, obviously, where did the Christian Surfers Ministry come from? Yeah, the Christian Surfers Ministry has come from the fact that I guess that first round was me saying, well, for surfing to come, God has to go, was my thinking. And now I've become this Christian 
and a surfer, but I was a Christian with a little C and a surfer with a capital S. Surfing was my first identity. And after having been a Christian for a year, realising I wasn't really sold out as a Christian. I wasn't all in. I was all in as a surfer, but I wasn't all in as a Christian. And um, quite the opposite happened. God really challenged me that for him to come, maybe surfing had to go. And so I realised by uh, I needed to surrender my surfing. I need to be a Christian with a capital C and maybe not a surfer at all because it dominated my life so much. So as an 18-year-old, I sort of made this pledge that I would never surf again if God didn't want me to and surrendered my surfing, which uh, was very exciting and I had this great sense of the reality of God in my life even more so. But, um, yeah, what was I going to do on the weekend? Surfing dominated everything and uh, after a couple of weeks of this the friend who had led me to Christ said I've got this crazy idea we might start a Christian surfer group so I had this profound sense that God was giving my surfing back but it was okay just remember who it belongs to and rather than promoting yourself you're going to use your surfing to promote me and so the little tiny fledgling Christian surfers group was launched with a bunch of teenagers in my mum's lounge room in 1977. So Christian Surfers started in your mum's lounge room in Cronulla, starting small, but can you please share with us the journey for the months and the years after? Yeah, yeah. Um, we had no plans apart from next Monday night. Like, what are we going to do next Monday? There was no grand plan. There was no vision. There was no strategy. All we knew is that we were these raw young Christians who were surfers feeling a little marginalised from the church, uh, from the surf community because we'd become Christians, but sometimes feeling a little marginalised from the church community because we were surfers. And this is an attempt to try and create a group where we could grow as Christians and as surfers and very quickly realising that we were attracting many people on the fringe of church or their friends who are not Christians at all. And so rather than just a fellowship group for our own sheer survival, it turned into a mission within the first 12 months. And it was called Christian Surfers Fellowship. We dropped the word fellowship because we realised we were actually on mission. Um, I was a very reluctant leader, Graham, so uh, never led anything in my life. was very happy for the guy that obviously led me to Christ would be the obvious person to take the leadership. But increasingly finding myself left um, taking initiative, which was uh, growing me a lot. I don't think I was a very good leader because the group never got bigger than 12 for about four years. And so uh, I think God was growing us, growing me as people. He has to work in you before he works through you. And after being faithful with small things for you know a long time, we started an open house in Cronulla. And that just exploded. Our group of a dozen became 20, then 40, then 100. We probably had about 150, 200 teenagers using our sort of open house, Christian surfers house in Cronulla. Um, we put an advertisement in Surfing World magazine, uh, which was the only way you communicate pre-internet with the rest of the surfing community. We paid over a week's wages to get that put in. Tracks magazine, which was the surfing newspaper. Uh, Captain Good Vibes, the surfing pig of steel <laughs> cartoon had been just finished up and we had this crazy idea that we would start publishing 
surfing parables and take Jesus' parables and turn them into surfing stories. And uh, that created a lot of attention. And again, it was a week's wages to put that paid advertisement into Tracks magazine. But other people started contacting us, writing us, and we discovered there were five or six other Christian surfer groups in Australia and then had this crazy notion that we would have a national conference in 1983, which was at Stanwell Tops. And we had about 45 people who represented seven Christian surfer groups around Australia. And there was a unanimous agreement that we would be a national entity. Obviously, someone needed to run that, and I was very convicted about that. So I so convicted, I asked every decent person, would they be the national leader? And they all pointed <laughs> back to me saying, well, you're the one that gathered us. You're the one to be that. And again, a reluctant leader. I was like, no, I haven't been to Bible college. I, I'm not a speaker. I'm not a charismatic personality. I'm not this. I'm not that. Sounds a little bit like Moses, I think. And um, yeah, God was like really clear, no, it is to be you. And so I resigned from my job as a high school teacher to pioneer the Australian movement at the age of 23. Um, and Christian Surfers Australia was sort of launched out of that. Very daunting at the age of, of 23, as you said, in those early years, was were the local churches quite supportive of what you were doing? Particularly, as you said, it was born out of you know, the Shire and, and in particular Cronulla? Yeah, yeah. Well, we were well entrenched at Gaimir, Gaimir Baptist Church, and I remember with fear and trepidation going to see the senior pastor at the time, Kevin Smith, God bless him, um, thinking I would be laughed out of his office saying, I feel called to full-time surf ministry. I don't think anyone ever said those words in all of history. And um, he looked at me and said, Brett, we see you as some of the future of the church and of mission in this country, we would love to get behind you. So amazing to see my church and have been supportive of me ever since, even though I've been gone for 33 years mm -hmm. from that congregation. Um, other churches are not so understanding, and uh, we did find that the Christian surf was a bit of a refuge for other uh, Christians who surfed, many of them from a pretty wild background, were guess we're the tail end of the Jesus people movement that had sort of flowed over from the United States. There was remnants of that that had sort of sprung up. Um, but yeah, there was undeniable energy and power going behind it because oh, we had incredible favour to open many doors in ministry and a lot of things were happening in that era. So I did that role for three years, then decided it was time to grow up and get a real job. I got married. You go to Bible college then, don't you, if you're going to get a real job in ministry, which I did, and didn't get any sense of calling elsewhere and went back to the Christian surfers. You know, there'd been a three-year gap. So I did another 12 years and then pioneered the international movement after that. Which I want to ask you about shortly, but as you said in those early days as well, you're putting ads in Trax magazine those other surfing magazines, how were you not perceived, but what was the reaction from, uh, I suppose, other surfers to, to what you were trying to do and, <laughs> I suppose, the surfing community in general? Yeah, yeah. Um, there was some outrage. I remember the uh, editor at the time, um, as this <laughs> said, my doesn't stand for this now, but said, well, Tracks Magazine stands for, you know, drug, sex and rock and roll. Like, you know, what the hell are you guys doing here? 
and demanded a meeting with, uh, it was my friend Jeff went along, who was a graphic designer. And after meeting him and realising he was quite a decent guy, decent surfer, and quite a decent graphic artist, offered him a job. <laughs> oh, <wow>. So uh, <laughs> we went from being uh, uh, highly questioned to being offered a job and he ended up being a graphic designer for Tracks Magazine. Um, and the letters to the editor, there was all kind of mixed responses. Some people thinking it was very clever, some of it tongue-in-cheek, some people quite outraged, um, all kinds of responses. So, um, yes, it was mixed response and on the ground amongst our peer group, there was, I guess, a lot of, a lot of um, questioning puzzlement you know this idea of a christian and a surfer and we had to work very hard not only to maintain our christian integrity but also our surfing integrity so we were very committed to make sure we stayed postured as hardcore surfers as it wasn't just a cool club for christians who wanted to dabble around surfing just to look cool we wanted to maintain our integrity as surfers as well as christians FLS is supported by Mission Partner Fellowship of Christian Athletes. FCA's vision is to see the world transformed by Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes. FCA is for those involved with sport at all levels, ages and abilities to the elite standard. Contact FLS to find out ways that you can be engaged, equipped and empowered to live for Jesus and outreach in your sporting world. Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the heart and soul of sport. For more details, head to faithlifesport.com. Well, it's half time here on the FLS podcast, and what we love to do is to ask our guests a whole bunch of fun, quick questions. Today's guest is the founder of the Christian Surface Ministry, Brett Davis. Okay, Brett, are you ready? Here comes question one. Can we find out, please, what is your best surfing break? I love G-Land in Indonesia. It's probably my all-time best wave I've ever surfed. Uh, what's your go-to food after a surf? Mm. I must admit, a smashed avo on toast is pretty good at a cafe. Um, now, um, I hope I get this correct. Is it a goof? What, what are you? Goofy foot or regular with your stance on a board? I'm goofy. Okay. What does that mean? It means I have my right foot forward. And I face forehand on left-hand waves. Okay. Um, best advice for a beginner surfer? Yeah. Get someone to give you some coaching. Make sure you have a bigger board, not a short, high-performance board. Bigger the board, the more waves you're going to catch and the more fun you'll have. Okay. Uh, other than surfing, any sports you like or uh, take part in? Um, I enjoy tennis. I enjoy hiking. Yeah. Favourite Aussie surfer? I've got a lot. Um, Terry Richardson for the Illawarra icon. Mark Ocalupo as an amazing young surfer I grew up in Cronulla with. They'd be a couple right up there. Um, now, when you're surfing, wetsuit or boardies and a rash shirt? I like wearing a wetsuit, actually. Protect me from the sun and it's softer on the chest. <laughs> you're inviting me over for dinner at your place. What's on the menu? What are you cooking? I will be cooking a Thai red curry. Nice. Uh, favorite movie? Wow. Um, surfing related. Uh, 
Jack McCoy's Bunyip Dreaming was an absolutely groundbreaking one. And uh, Big Wednesday as a young kid was just iconic about surf culture. But um, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty is a great coming-of-age story I love. Okay, and finally, I suppose, best surf advice or just best advice for what we do when we're down at the beach? I think being respectful is important. Um, respecting other people in the water because it gets quite competitive. It's looking after yourself from sun and that. Respecting the creation. I think there's much to be said for that. But ultimately respecting the creator because I grew up uh, yeah, worshipping the God, the waves that God made, but getting to know the God who made the waves. Respect. Well, Brett, thanks so much for being a part of Half Time here on today's episode of FLS. Let's get back out onto the field for the second half of today's episode. My special guest, the founder of the Christian Surface Ministry, Brett Davis. Now, you mentioned earlier, Brett, about Christian Surface International and how you were running that after your time with Christian Surface Australia. And... Um, in those days, there was no internet. So how did word spread around the globe about what you were doing here in Australia to the other parts of the world? Yeah, yeah. It might be hard for some of the listeners to imagine such a world. Um, but we, uh, those articles in Tracks magazine had somehow found their way to other people. And we did have some people pick up in the United States. Uh, others was word of mouth. And um, we had people in South Africa, England, New Zealand, who had just heard about us through visitors who had met them. Surfing community is pretty tight. So when we decided to have our first international conference, which again was sounded outrageous, it was 1993, and I thought if you wanted to get the surfers of the world together, there's only one place they all want to go, and it's Hawaii. <laughs> but we didn't know anyone in Hawaii, and we didn't know how to communicate with everyone. So um, we did find a supportive church and a key professional surfboard shaper who was quite well known as a Christian to sort of back it. But I actually wrote letters to every contact we knew around the world and I wrote on a gum leaf. And so I picked <laughs> I picked a bunch of gum leaves and I wrote on them by hand, you're invited, and there was a covering letter and they got posted. And people posted back their response and posted when they think they might arrive and it was all done by mail in 1995 the second one was all done by fax and the one after that was all done by email so in a very short amount of time the communication changed radically i suppose for you brett looking back on your time of christian surfers here in australia and what the international ministry has done uh, can you share please some stories of how the group has impacted both locally and also internationally yeah i think here in australia the sheer concept that you could be a Christian and a surfer, that surfing and Christian surfers could be a valid outlet for a young person's ministry and opportunities. There's 23 young people enrolled in our Sea Salt internship program for eight months. Uh, there now, there's been so many younger people, especially, who have found a little catch cry, I found my tribe. They've found a great sense of identity and belonging that they might not have found sometimes in their churches. And they found a great way to connect their friends with this person of Jesus through Christian service. So that has been established to the point where uh, 
rather than being regarded with suspicion, Christian service would be seen as a great role model and example of how you can integrate your faith with your sport in an intentional sort of mission. Then in other parts of the world, there's so many stories. Um, I'm thinking, I mean, even to some really poverty-stricken places like Venezuela, where so many young beach kids had been picked up by my friend Lewis and would be um, given an opportunity of not only just sheer physical provision of food and clothing and that, but um, being coached in their surfing and given something constructive to do. Um, So that's right up the other end of the spectrum. Um, But then you've got so many other things in between for people in Central America where the Christian population has been relatively large and surfing has really boomed. Christian surfers in Costa Rica and other Central American countries It's been a great avenue uh, for church planting and uh, finding missional communities that have um, been sort of tagged alongside of that. Um, We've got the current world champion, uh, Philippe Toledo, is a professing Christian, and Makito, one of our Christian surfer guys in Brazil, is his chaplain. He's a chaplain to the Brazilian uh, surfing nation of professional surfers, and he's chaplaining the world champion at the moment. So very diverse. And then going through the years of Christian surfers, there's been various things that are run alongside. Uh, many years ago, you had the the Jesus Pro-Am surf events, the Paddle Against Poverty, and I believe also Groundswell Aid. Can you please share more of the stories behind these, please? Yeah. So um, competitive surf was very much where surfing was at in the 80s. It was the boom era of the surf industry the emergence of professional surfing. So Christian surfers stepped up and uh, created the Jesus uh, series there. So we've had various renditions of the Jesus Surf Classic, the Jesus Pro-Am, and that ran for a couple of decades. And it was a Christian alternative event, not just for Christians who surf, but anyone, Mm -hmm. and had a great reputation for being some of the most caring. We figured we might not have the biggest prize money, but we could offer the most caring event on the uh, Australian circuit or the UK circuit or New Zealand. So the Jesus Surf Classic had many renditions around the world. Um, The Paddle Against Poverty was an initiative right here in my local chapter based in Wollongong, and we figured it was time for surfers to give back. How could we give back using our surfing to some sort of third world project. So we galvanised the idea of paddling an endurance event. Um, I think the longest couple we did was from Wollongong Harbour to Stamble Park, which is about 30 k's. We've reined that into a 15 k paddle and it's grown over the last 24 years. So now it's a community event the Christian Surfers facilitates. So mobilising board rider clubs, surf lifesaving and others to the point where it's almost a rite of passage if you're a surfer in the Illawarra, you've got to do the paddle against poverty. And so we sponsor over the years um, Compassion. We sponsored kids for years. and We're currently now sponsoring a local charity right here from Stanwell Park, Mercy Huts, which is sustainable surf tourism, in Timor, Rotty Island, a couple of other things. Um, And the last one you mentioned was Groundswell Aid. We've increasingly found that as surfing has grown in emerging world places, 
There are many not-for-profits that have slowly been attached to surfing, and Christian Surfers was also part of that, um, not only just doing straight-up evangelism and discipleship in small Bible study groups, but uh, realising that there are surfers, surfing communities in need, and surfing has been a great connecting point in the community. So that can be uh, Lared, uh, which has been a church plant in uh Central America in El Salvador, and so that's a groundswell aid project that they've done there with an orphanage and a bunch of things, and surf coaching with those kids has been great. There's been a carpentry course offered in Mauritius, and uh, that's been done by Andre Hull from South Africa. That's a groundswell aid project. And then in South Africa, there's a couple in um, Jeffreys Bay and up in Durban, so, and Mercy Huts in Indonesia is also a groundswell aid. So we don't necessarily, some of them we've created them, others we're partnering with, but it's all about how surfers can give back. Christian surfers in 2023, over the years, you've had a number of different hats, both locally and internationally. Can you share with us what you're doing now for the ministry and, and also moving forward? Yeah, so um, pioneering a local group when I was 18, 23, pioneering as the national director in Australia, a couple of rounds of that. 1999, pioneering the global movement, took my family around the world for a year, and then I was the founding international director for 16 years, then handed that all over in 2016, and my new title was the founder advisor which I think means you're like the grandfather. You get to play with the child and then hand it back to the responsible one. Um, so, yeah, not just the father of Christian surfers. I feel like I'm the grandfather. And that has set me up as a platform to be mentoring and advising in Christian surfers, but also realising we're the longest-running action sports ministry in the world. So I took that platform and grew a global action sports ministry network with snowboarders, mountain bikers, rock climbers, kite surfers and uh, it's called the Axe Network and I set that up and I consult and mentor and advise in that capacity too. Doing a lot of touring around the world, 16 years as international director. I'm guessing the surfboard was was packed in there, was it? <laughs> I never take a surfboard because I travel light, so yeah. I just borrow boards. But yeah, I visited every continent every year for 16 years wow. and now I try to rein that in and... I'm much happier to stay at home, to be honest. And it loses its exotic appeal, but uh, never travel with a surfboard. You know, if possible, only hand luggage. And I've travelled very light, but I've got so many friends around the world. I've got endless supply of surfboards, which is good. The most weirdest place you've had to surf on, on one of these trips? Like uh, you, you mentioned, yeah. obviously, Christian surfers in the UK, obviously not known for a, a big surfing culture, but would, would the UK be up there? The UK is up there and it's immediately came to mind because I was 35 kilometres inland oh. and I rode a tidal bore. One of the world's most famous tidal bores is the Seven Bore and I happened to be there for a five-star bore. It was winter. The water temperature was three degrees. <laughs> we were tw 35 kilometres inland and everyone turned up at this particular part of the river and sure enough, a wave with the massive tidal difference, pushed its way up the river and it was the longest wave of my life. We surfed a two and a half kilometre long wave <laughs> on the seven bore 
and then had to walk our way back to the car, which you can imagine looks crazy. Guys in full wetsuits, inland, trudging along the UK countryside, uh, walking back to their car. And finally, as we wrap up our time together today, Brett, and thanks so much. We really appreciate your time chatting. Uh, Looking forward, where do you see the ministry of Christians surface with God's hand going forward? Where do you see it moving in, say, the next five to ten years and then into the future? Yes. Well, our new international director, Roy Harley, pitched at our international conference last year uh, that we would have a 1,000 chapters in 100 nations and 2% of the surfing population covered through media. It's a unachievable goal. It's like 10 times in terms of our chapters and six times, you know, our countries. So it's a massive stretch and we're really looking forward to seeing God at work. So just the sheer expansion because surfing is continuing to grow and we need to grow with it. I see the depth of Christian surfers growing also with multi-generations of leadership. Uh, It's not just a young single guy, it's multi-generational men and women. Um, We have missional opportunities in both church planting as well as aid development. So it's diversified as we partner in so many of those things. So I think the uh, the future is healthy and surfing as a sport globally, uh, now including the Olympics, has become much more recognized, is mainstream, and Christian Surfers wants to grow with that and will be a catalyst for other people to do the same. And... Uh, finally, um, if we want to find out some more information about uh, Christian surfers, not just here in Australia but around the world, where can we go to to find out some more details? Yeah, christiansurfers.net will have your connections to everywhere around the world. Type in Christian surfers and you'll find it. Brett Davis, thanks for your time. Great. Thanks, Graham. Well, thanks for listening to today's episode of FLS. If there's anyone in your part of the world you love us to chat with, please get in touch. You can search us up on Facebook. Just look for Faith Life Sport or connect with us via our website at faithlifesport.com. And we'll catch you next time. We're back at On the Field Together in the next episode of FLS. FLS.